0: Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing.
1: Hello everyone. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor, and this show is Let's Get Writing. And here is where we share the stories behind the stories and bring life to books. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and at Catherine Taylor TV, and that is where we feature and host all of our episodes. And I sure would appreciate a like and a subscription. You know how that goes. Now my guest this week describes herself as a neurodiverse writer from St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador. She is the author of This is Agatha Falling, which was published by Peddler Press in 2019 and was also long listed for the BMO Winterset Awards and the Relit Award. She has published poetry and prose across Canada, the US, and the UK. She was the winner of the Gregory J. Power Poetry Award and was long-listed for the CBC Poetry Prize. Her book, Land of the Rock, Telav Unkarig*. I'm not sure if I said that right, but she will when she joins me, but this book is her first poetry collection, and I'd like to welcome Heather Noland to the show, and I shall do so just in one second here. There we go. Heather, hi, how are you? I'm great. thanks, how are you? Good. Since I know, I know, I asked you how to pronounce the name of your book, and I'm not sure I did it quite right. Would you like to say it? Uh, I'm not big on Gaelic. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's um, Land of the Rock, Taliban Carrig. Thank you, Televin Carrig. The minute you say it. Uh, it's there, but the minute you're not there helping me, I feel like I've lost it. (laughs) But for everyone who's out there, I'm just going to show the book in the stream. That's a beautiful cover of that book. And um, I have to say, Heather, that I really enjoyed reading it. Um, It's been a while for me to pick up a book of poetry, but it being National Poetry Month here in Canada, I thought this is the right time to do it and uh, here we are. (laughs) Heather, this is your first poetry collection, but as I mentioned in your introduction, uh, not your first publication. You had written a book prior. Um, So tell me all about it. How did you get the idea for um, this poetry? I'm trying to hide this and it doesn't want to go. There we go. You know, how did this all start, this poetry collection?
2: Um, So it kind of, came to me when I, I went to ireland for the first time um and as you know a new with like irish heritage and like kind of prevalent irish heritage within like my family culture um i had expectations and ideas of how things were gonna go um and you know kind of that trip really gave me the sense of Things aren't necessarily, you're not going to find what you're expecting, but you are going to find things you were not expecting. And, you know, that was a poetically interesting opportunity to me. Um, and I was initially actually supposed to go for only a week and move on and go somewhere warm. <laughs> uh, but I canceled my flight to Malta a weekend and stayed in Ireland for a month. Just like... And. Wow, Exploring everything Um, and that means a lot to me because I really like being warm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so then when I got back to Newfoundland, I started kind of asking more questions and and going down to the the places on the southern shore where my family are from, talking to them a lot more um, and trying to sort of, you know, start this process of thinking about where I come from and I would say within a month of being back, I had the whole structure of the book laid out and knew exactly what I was going to do. So it was like, it was a project that was very much, it was always going to be exactly what it was. Interesting,
1: because I think this happens sometimes. We are compelled or drawn to go to a place for some reason inside of us. It's it's in our heart. Maybe it's been passed down through the generations. Somehow the DNA mm-hmm. in you is almost like a, a homing signal. I want to go back there and make those connections. And then when you're there, it becomes so inspiring. All those things just maybe come together. Am I right in saying this? I've felt that before. This is why I'm, I'm Mm. putting it this way.
2: I think so. But I think there's also like, we get those kinds of notions in our head and then we actually go to the place. And, um, and that's, that's a, big part of what this was as well was um, kind of checking myself, you know what I mean? Like um, trying not to let the romantic notion of it take over and take hold and, and trying to kind of think of it in a, a more like realistic and practical sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And you came back and then you were, you were well, I guess the, the book actually, it's almost an exploration of place and belonging. Um, and so you were there looking at things, sizing, sizing up and that comes out in your, your, your poems, the, the different things you experience, um, the water, the rock, all the things that we still have here in Newfoundland and the connection between our two countries. Has been there for years. And mm-hmm. as we populated this province, we had to come from somewhere. And it was the old country. Look at me. I'm a shining example of it with the red hair. Like we're out of Scotland, Grandmother Bain. <laughs> and there is some Irish in there as well. Um, so here we are, and we we thrived, hopefully, on in this province and survived some points it was more survival and then you started to look for you know that kind of identity in the origin of where you came from and you went to places in Newfoundland like you you explained but was it different after you had come back from Ireland or was had you just never looked at it before?
2: Mm, That's an interesting question I think um I think I, I think I knew, you know, the the connections from Newfoundland. Like i I'd, I'd been paying attention to that part for a long time. Um, and so it was like, it was the part the places in Ireland were the most surprising. Um, like, I'd been to Fogo Island before. I'd been to Tilting before. I knew the, like, like heritage preservation of that like, um, I- Irish immigrant culture there. Um, I mean, they still consider themselves Irish. They don't even call themselves Canadian. Um, So I I knew that already going into this. Uh, But I think that is part of what made it so interesting to me. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, there is a poem in the book where actually, I I don't know if I'm going to lay my hand on it right away, but it did Oh, here we go. I do have it. Page 27. And it was a field note, really. And I wanted to ask you about the field note, but conversations with my father. And you end up where he says, you got to remember, I'm assuming, I grew up and there were still lots of people who didn't vote for Confederation. You know, and that that was one thing that I noted when I was going through, I thought it was about how do you identify. And I, you know, identify as a Newfoundlander more than anything. But I mean, there were people who didn't welcome confederation and, and who
2: a majority
1: <laughs> very close <laughs> very close and um and so here we are as part of Canada but our links to the old country is still so strong um and i, I found i also heather and this is just my observation because i'll tell you i haven't looked at a lot of poetry um since years, really. And I'm, I'm feeling like this was so refreshing. But I looked at, at the book and I felt like space was a big part of what I was seeing here mm-hmm. as I look at the, read, read the poems. And I feel like that space is there for me almost to fill in or breathe into the poems. And I loved it. I loved that part of the book that there was just so much Openness um, in it, and the readability, of course, that made it easier when you're not thinking with poetry, because poetry doesn't give you everything; it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is my my feeling about poetry. It gives you a lot, but it also gives you room to explore. And yeah. um, you know, how, how did you feel when you were writing it? What was your intention?
2: Um, well, just to comment on what you, what you said first, like I think I think part of the the purpose of poetry is is that it's a collaborative effort, you know? Like um, the space is there for, for the reader to participate with, I think. Um, sorry, what was the actual
1: question? <laughs> I just really want to I, I say. When, when you were writing, writing it and just allowing that to happen, like with some of the, the one, one page, the poem that you were talking about, the cod fishery, day six, and there's just one word there on the whole page. I'll bring it up, there you go. You can see what I'm talking about, that space, wind, period. And I sat with that and I thought, it's one word. We're talking about the food fishery and yet there was so much. And I just sat there and thought about wind and all that means when you can't get out or you're out there or you're trying to get back and so on. That's what I'm saying, like the space Mm you leave in your writing for the reader to participate. I guess if you can just talk about that a little bit, that approach.
2: Yeah, um, I, I've been like a fiction and poetry writer, um, kind of side by side. Uh, I was writing this book at the exact same time as I was writing This is Egg the Falling. And, you know, like it, that sort of thing shifts a little bit when it comes to publication, because they come out so far apart, it feels like they're separate um, experiences. But I was writing them both at the same time and so I think I feel similarly with poetry and um, and fiction actually now that I'm thinking about it um, in This is Agatha Falling I had another very similar like blank page um, where it was the, the chapter title was winter interlude and just blank page and then on to the next chapter kind of thing and that's kind of funny now that i think about it but i think in approaching both fiction and poetry i'm i'm really interested in brevity and i'm i'm interested in experimental forms that like allow for that kind of like like i said like space for participation and so I really like I really like to write with like concision so that Mm -hmm. there is a lot of space and and I'm not like I'm I'm interested in saying things as directly as possible um, and creating like sharp images that don't require too much space that's Mm -hmm. just something i've been really interested in with writing
1: and i do think that you know particularly particularly with poetry every word does count i mean Mm -hmm. it's that whole sense of of choosing those exact words and you do it so well it it really is the collection um is lovely and it did take me through places in Newfoundland, it made me feel I was there or the sense of that and then over in Ireland and, you know, the certain familiarity and I know that sort of the travel and tourism aspect is here in in this book in a way, like it's almost taking you on a journey. Um, But how have people responded to it? What, What have you had many comments back from people about their interpretation of it?
2: Um, not a ton at this point. It's, you know, it's still fairly new. It only came out a, a month ago yesterday. Um, so I haven't like, haven't heard a ton back yet, but um, there, there have definitely been some, there's been some appreciation for my uh, critical eye on tourism. I, I would say <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's something I like to talk about and uh and and put a critical view on because i think especially like you know i look at i look at the way newfoundland tourism is going and then i look at irish tourism and it's it's the same trajectory just farther along Mm -hmm. Uh, you know seeing like massive buses of people like coming out on the cliffs of mower and stuff and you've got this like stunning natural beauty and um and just swarms of people taking photos, like coming out of the bus, taking a photo, getting back in the bus, kind of thing, and and it feels like that's the way Newfoundland tourism is going. And that's it's disappointing, but it's also, I mean, that's that's one side of it. That's not even the important it's side, of it, honestly. Like the important yeah. side of it is that the bus will now stop off at a a little pub where there's someone dressed up as a leprechaun or some bullshit like that, and it's like. Obviously, the Irish people do not identify with that and are probably actually quite annoyed. And that is actually the important part. I shouldn't have started with the cliffs. Um, yeah, and that's the way I see Newfoundland tourism going, as in it's like a caricature of the actual culture.
1: Mm. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's been discussed before, the way we kiss yeah. the cod and, um, you know, the uh, mummering and things like that, that we're so much more than that. And that the, the the province is so much more than that, and I, I think mm. that I can understand that the Irish would feel that way as well when people just take those familiar uh, things that are supposedly mm. funny or entertaining. But you're, you're right. I mean, there's are so. But that's that's commercialism, and <laughs> that's something we're certainly not going to solve. But but it is bringing people here, and I guess there's that whole economic benefit of that.
2: Mm. that some of these communities the resurgence that they need certainly that yeah and i think that is oftentimes like what makes people so hesitant to talk out against it because it's like yes the economic benefit is there but like there's an economic benefit to oil but we all know it's fucking wrong (laughs) you know what i mean yeah well (laughs) <laughs> well, that is,
1: that's is—that's always going to be, I think we could take any topic and find that. But let's go back to, um, you interspersed Gaelic in the book. And I thought that, that that's nice, not that I could understand and I didn't take the time to look it up. But for you, how did you choose those phrases? Do you speak Gaelic or did you research those phrases? Why in particular did you choose them? And there, I think there's one poem that is in Gaelic. Mm,
2: yes, yes. Um... Yeah, I've been trying to learn for a couple of years now. It's a long and slow and difficult process. Um, Definitely doesn't come very naturally to me, but it felt important to try and to learn, um, particularly while researching this book. Um, Yeah, so I did anything that's Gaelic that's in the book um, I wrote. Mm -hmm. Apart from, well... It's all in Gaelic. It was it was copy edited in Gaelic, and I no longer quite understand it. (laughs) But I did write it in Gaelic, and then it was edited.
1: Yeah, well, I you know, these these things are, you know, not with us in the same way anymore. So we do have to take that special time to learn them. And it's so integrated in what you're doing. It's so nice that you did it. I just want to uh, I'm just going to show a few things in the stream here. There we go, staying up there. That's your father, I believe. That's Lar. Yeah, and beside him is one of the, you You tell it, it's one of the items that, that was featured in one of the poems.
2: Yeah, so um, the sideboard beside him and the mirror beside him are featured in, I think, the first poem in the collection. Um, and those are pieces that came from the house that my grandfather grew up in in mobile newfoundland um, and those are i i mean i i don't know their entire history it's like
1: and just, don't need to really
2: yeah exactly <laughs> but um yeah they they are at least a few generations old and my dad pulled those out of the house itself it was kind of like a ruin like falling down sort of thing and he um he went to kind of what do you call it? Deconstruct them. Um, and he took those out of the house.
1: Yeah. it's pr- I, I, And when I look at the image in the mirror there, I can see a reflection of the chair and it's kind of wavy. It just yeah. uh, is like looking into the past that when you sent me photos, that was one that I particularly wanted to share. The rocks. These are from?
2: These are um, from what I call the foundations um, that are just piles of rock in again the first couple of poems that are in the collection. However I did recently go back to these are in Nolan's Meadow so the um, the land that my ancestors lived on in Newfoundland when they first came and I recently went back with my father and pointed them out and said like oh I wrote a poem about these foundations and he's like those aren't foundations like that's just the piles of rock from how from the way that they cleared the field and took the rocks out of the field mm. and laid them there but it was too late because the book was already gone to print but you know what it, there's still the thought and it doesn't have to be exact it's
1: still that feeling and i like the one the poem too where i think it was your father picked up a or someone picked up a rock and put it back mm. for the the kind of the the end the ancestors to know that it wasn't a stone in the field. There were a lot of things I remembered about your poems as I was going through the book that just stayed with me that I I just sat and thought, yeah, this is so lovely, like your touch. And while I'm saying that, I would like you to read a little bit. I'm just going to um, yeah, bring you back and give you the screen. Could you read a little from
2: your book, please? Sure, I feel like I should now read one of those poems, (laughs) which I wasn't really intending to do, but why not? Um, Okay, this is called Picnics with Ancestors. When the grandkids are home, my father arranges two cars, Tupperware crammed with sandwiches and sliced fruit. My stepmom bakes scones, asks my sister and me over her shoulder. On the trail to Nolan's meadow whether we feel connected to this land our ancestors worked. My sister shrugs, stops to check on the children dodging alder brush. I say it's more complicated than that. Dad in his unspoken way is looking out for the old gate to the animal pasture. Stepping from cool spruce shade into the meadow. We all hold our own disorientations, neglect of generations grows dense as a thicket and the meadow has retreated up the hill. We try for a glimpse through the alder and stunted spruce. When the children with the squeals of wet feet and ant hills and the lunch is hastily stowed for another space quiet of our histories. Turning back, I see my father lift a stone, carry it to the rock piles farther down. First, he is quiet, but when he sees me watching, he says, help the old fellas out, keep the stones from the field.
1: Beautiful. And I I loved that. I, that was one of my favorite poems. Just the the touch, right? The... the Sense of someone now in this generation thinking of what they would have felt and 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 would have been doing. I just love that. There were several poems in here that I I you know really really enjoyed. And this whole adventure of bringing um, our heritages together. Now you have been. Um, I want to tell people a little bit more about you. You've uh, you've had a band, <laughs> Lady yeah. Brett Ashley. I went on to YouTube. And uh, you were, she was <laughs> over on the West Coast in the mountains, I believe, around Grossmorn Park, was yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, it was a really fun trip.
2: Yeah, and, and a cold trip, <laughs> it looked like. Very, oh my goodness, yeah.
1: Playing there, and you were also 10 years a wedding photographer. Yep. Yeah. and now, and, and of course, COVID arrived, and now you're writing full-time, and not everyone writes full-time, so... How does that feel to take that decision to step into writing full time?
2: Um, honestly, like a dream. Uh, <laughs> it's it's all I've well. That's not true. It's not all I've ever wanted to do, but it's it's the biggest thing I've always wanted to do, sort of thing. Um, and it feels like it feels like a new way of working, like the capacity to really um, just kind of dive headfirst into a project and be able to let it really consume me without having to kind of um, like concede to a schedule Um, and as you mentioned initially I am neurodiverse and so like I don't I've never really worked well with schedules and so it it really feels like the best possible way of working for me to be able to really like immerse in it
1: mm-hmm. well we're glad that you're doing that we're glad you're doing that and creating the work that you are creating is it, i know we had spoken before but do you think there's more poetry in your future what directions are you going to go
2: Ooh. Yeah. this is uh <laughs> i don't know right now i don't have any other plans or thoughts or ideas based on poetry um I've got tons of plans for fiction. I've got some nonfiction in the works, which is kind of fun. Um, but I really like to let I like I like to let the poet or let the poetry. I like to let the writing and like the idea and the 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 notions that I'm working with. I like to kind of let that decide what form it takes. And I I really love Anything that pushes the boundaries of a form, I like to. Yeah, I like to cross genre. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess.
1: Well, we did. You know, in in preparing for this interview, I decided to go online and see what was going on, and I found an article in Writer's Digest that I'll share in the show notes. But it actually said there were were uh, they 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 were featuring one hundred and sixty eight. Um, how did they word it? Like. Types of poetry, uh, a list of 168 poetic forms, and I started looking. You could click on all of them, Heather, and I was like, "Well, okay, this is a mountain that I'm starting to climb to learn more about poetry." And of course, and then there's your form, which it which is so free flowing, and um, like as you said, you didn't like the structure. Um, oh. Yeah, which makes. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> sense to me
2: (laughs) yeah i once i once took a um a creative writing workshop course at mine with um my dear friend andrea kalanen who's a wonderful poet and i frustrated the hell out of her because (laughs) it was a um it was a class based on poetic forms and having to try all these different structures and i hated the structure and i was constantly trying to wiggle my way out of it (laughs) Um, and she had good humor about it, but I don't think she was very impressed. <laughs> well, I hope we've encouraged people to
1: take a look at your book. And uh, let me just show it up in the stream again. Um, Heather Nolan, Land of the Rock. Oh, oh, come on. You say the next part. <laughs> and Talib Carrig." Taliban Carrig. And um, because it truly is a wonderful journey. And I think think you'll enjoy the book. Um, And we want to thank Breakwater Books again for bringing bringing us this wonderful variety of material. Um, Each time I hear from them, there's always something so interesting. And Heather, thank you so much. I have your Instagram up here. I'm going to just add Twitter. And if people want to reach out to you, they can do that. So thank you so much for your time today. Super. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And folks, thank you for joining us. Don't forget, all the shows are available on my YouTube channel at Catherine Taylor TV. And have a great day. And uh, goodbye from Let's Get Writing.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at let'sgetwriting at catherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.